And now presenting the Date Night Drive-In. Where we're going, we don't need podcasts. <laughs> Is not what you'll be saying after you listen to this wonderful description of the 1985 pop culture classic, Back to the Future. Featuring... Um, Marty McFly? Anne. Oh, Your yes. Your name is Anne. Anne. Sorry, I didn't know if we were doing the movie. Hello, I'm Anne, and we have a, another special guest who may be a total stranger to you and yeah. not be on the last episode. It's the same special guest as before when I rigged the draw. Hello, it is I, complete stranger, Chloe. <laughs> I, I don't know why we're doing these bits, but... They're fun bits. Doing these bits we are, and yes, I did rig the draw at the end because I, I wanted to do another podcast with Chloe. Yeah. yeah, I was distraught to learn this. I know. So was I. He didn't tell me. I know. It was it was it was a secret betrayal. I am notoriously the most gullible person on the planet. It's so true. It's true. I was mad that I was got got and got. You got got. I got got. You got got. Mm. Um, who, someone else who also got got was uh, Marcy McFly in 1955. Yeah. Yeah. He got got many a time. Yes. <laughs> Literally, he spends the entire trilogy being got got. Basically. So, yeah. Will and Chloe, here's the thing, is I have been living under a rock for the past 25 years, <gasps> so what is I, Back to the Future? I believe it. It's, it's a film that came out in 1985, mm-hmm. it's a pop watch classic, it's Chloe's favourite film ever. It's the best film One of all of time. One of ten films Chloe's ever seen, yeah. which are the three Back to the Future <laughs> films. Back to the Futures. All the Star Wars films. All the Star Wars and films Amadeus. and Amadeus. <laughs> That's all the films Chloe's ever seen. <laughs> Um, someone once described Lord of the Rings, the film, to her. And that was, um, so For the Chloe's, record, I have watched Lord of the Rings. As, the extended times. edition? Yes. Yeah. Me, and, me, and, me and my housemate at uni took our whole day and we watched the, all of the extended editions Slay. in one go. Excellent. It was great. Anyway, that's not the film we're talking about. Uh, no, we're talking about Back to the Future, which was directed by... Uh, Robert it's, Zemeckis. Well done. He also directed. Oh, don't ask me that. Anne's <laughs> reading my notes, so she. Didn't I'm get not. It. I studied okay. back. We did Back to the Future in my American film class in my second year of university. Thank you very much. Um, I no, no, I won't thank you at all. Okay. Go, go, go ahead. What else did he direct? I forgot. Is <laughs> Forrest Gump? Yes. Is probably his best other oh, known yeah. one. I get him and Sam Mendes mixed up all the time. Forrest Gump How? also has the same composer. They make the, the same kind of movies. Yeah. C- correct. Um, and also, Who Framed Roger Rabbit, which is one of the films. That's so. a great film that I have seen. And it also features Christopher Lloyd in it. Oh, he's, yeah. he's Josh Doom. So huh. there so Spoilers for Who Framed Roger that. Rabbit. That's not a spoiler. What did you say his name was? Josh Doom. Oh, yes. Then no, it's not a spoiler. Wrong <laughs> <laughs> accusations are flying tonight. I was so, hinting at a spoiler. <laughs> so, yes, Robert Zemeckis, also director Forrest Gump. Good film. He has won a few Oscars in his time. Uh, Alan Silvestri is the um, uh, chief sound, who also did the same thing for Forrest Gump and for Who Framed Roger Rabbit. So they, they worked together. It was mm. one of those sort of classic... Hollywood relationships of like different creatives consistently working mm. together, such as like Spielberg and John Williams or whatever. Yeah. Mm. Um, so this one came out in 1985. Top cast, uh, Michael J. Fox. Yeah. He's great. We like Michael he J. Is Fox. Great. We love Michael J. Fox. He was also recently in a cool documentary about having Parkinson's that mm, yeah. I recommend to people who haven't seen it. It's really good. And um, he's amazing in Scrubs, randomly. Yeah. He's one of my favourite like side characters in Scrubs. He plays a doctor with OCD and it's a really well researched. A portrayal of yeah. someone with OCD. To so. again be way too candid about my personal life as someone who has anxiety with several OCD symptoms, very on point. 
Yeah. Very, very true to life. So, Michael J. Fox and Christopher Lloyd, who's in like a load of stuff, including, as we've just mentioned, yeah. Who Framed Roger Rabbit. This is definitely the most famous role for both of them, I think it's fair yeah. to say. Yeah. Um, and also, um, both of their characters in these films have probably done a million times in Halloween. I feel like they're very <laughs> Halloweenable characters. Absolutely. I think, actually, of all the films that we've done so far, they are the most Halloweenable hmm. leads. You are, I'm, I'm going to think about that during the break. I'm going to think about it. Because well, I'm also forgotten every other film that we've done. I, well, I mean, unless you've done any like horror films. We've um, done Alien. Uh, yeah, Ripley. But, mm, but, but Ripley's but just not... sort of like in overalls and a... It's not a very She's common. the lazy woman's costume. costume. Yeah, like the lazy... Okay, what is the ultimate lazy man's costume? There is one answer and I've done it twice. A vampire? No. Um, Sean from Shaun of the Dead. Oh, yeah. So easy. <laughs> It's just white shirt, red tie. You can mm. just get one of those like name tags and write, hello, my name is Sean. I've done it twice. It's great. <laughs> you Lo- also look like a more handsome Simon Pegg. Thank you. <laughs> I, I, I think that was a compliment. Um, yeah, I'm just looking at the other films. I mean, Indiana Jones is very... Yeah. But, I feel but like, you need to get a whip and a hat. I feel like these characters are quite easy. Like, you just yeah. need a lab coat and yeah. a frizzy, like, grey wig. And an orange puffer. Orange puffer, I must say, yeah. yeah. I actually think that the doc is probably easier to dress up as because it's a lot easier to get, like, a crazy yeah. wig than it is to get a specifically an orange And Calvin jacket. Klein jeans. Yeah, but you don't have to wear Calvin Klein jeans. Yeah. They're just jeans. Yeah. <laughs> oh, um, random fun fact about that bit. A minor spoiler for a, a nearly 40-year-old film. Mm-hmm. Doesn't that make you feel old? No. Uh, fine. Okay. You can be difficult <laughs> if you like. Um, in the German version, um, oh, no, there's there's a thing. Uh, Am can cut this bit out later. But or... will I? <laughs> yes. There's a thing that Will will remember uh, at some point. He's doing his guy in the chair thing. <laughs> there's something about this um, where in in one market they were worried they wouldn't know. Who Calvin Klein? Who was. Calvin Klein was? So it's Levi Strauss instead, yeah. is what oh. she thinks his name is. So that exists somewhere. I can't remember what market it is, but one of the um, international releases. I believe Levi it Strauss sense. instead. And I'll, I'll do my other trivia while we're at it. Yeah, as well. trivia time. Trivia. So, so DeLorean is in the company. Mm-hmm. They sell body kits for their cars, so you can convert <laughs> them to look like the car from <gasps> Back to the Future. I need a and new car. Should I buy an old DeLorean? Yes, yes I'll mess it up should. with you. I don't have the money and for that. John DeLorean, um, the the guy who founded DeLorean, um, sent uh, Robert Zemeckis and Michael J. Fox a personal handwritten letter, being like, "Thank you for boosting the image Aww. of our car." Cute. Uh, he was he's man DeLorean. Yeah. <laughs> Boo. His, his wife is woman DeLorean. I hate this. <laughs> I have a picture of me and my brother when we were about probably like eleven and eight sitting in the DeLorean. It's not the one, it's a replica. That's still cool. But though. it's still very cool. You can go and see the one somewhere. Yeah, I, I think, don't know where it is though. I think I know where it is because this film, the special effects were done by Industrial Light and Magic, mm. who are the company that did do all the Lucasfilm stuff. Yeah. So yeah. they did Star Wars and Indiana Jones, the effects and the miniatures I think they have because I think they use multiple ones in the film but they have one that was used in the film at like the ILM mm. museum or whatever where you can mm. go and see all the Star Wars miniatures as well like the miniatures of the Death there's Star also ones. probably one in the Smithsonian I, I would not be surprised yeah that would make sense 
uh, other other ones. Oh yeah, this is a great one. Uh, Bob Gale, who was the writer, mm-hmm. came up with the idea for this film because he saw his dad's high school yearbook and he was like, "My dad looks like a dork. I would not be friends with my dad <laughs> if we were in high school together." Your future child talking right? about you. Um. So so my follow up is um, as a fun question for for the hosts of this show, yeah. if you were in equivalent of high school at the same time as your parents, who would be the cooler one? Out of parents? Uh, uh, between you oh. at, at the age, you know, between you at like 17 or however old Martin flies in this and I'm, your parents at the same age. I'm very confident I would be cooler than my mother because she was like a narc Catholic school girl. Yeah. <laughs> and for the record, my dad listens to this podcast and he will confirm that my mother was I think your dad would be cooler than you though. I... Do you think my dad would be cooler than me? But I have it on the record that he was also an absolute ass. Yeah. Um, mm. And so I know that I would be nicer than him. And for that reason, I don't know if I'd be cooler than him, but I think I would be more liked. Both my parents were much cooler than me when... Very true. When they were 17, yeah. Yeah. So. I mean, my mum was like, basically a goth. Oh, um, slay! I think she always she always says when, when I like, when I dress gothic, she's like, oh, it's like, I always wanted to dress... Uh, so I don't think she ever quite like was properly properly a goth. But she had the goth personality. She had the vibe. Yeah. I think my mum would be much cooler than me. Mm. My dad, on the other hand, has a bunch of um, notebooks from when he was a teenager, where he has kept a record of the top ten uh, in the charts from like every year in the eighties. Uh, so I think I would probably be cooler than my dad. Yeah. <laughs> so the answer for both of us is a solid middle. Yeah. Um and for me it's like no red player yeah. is so cool than me. Which is true. Um and my last uh, fun trivia question is that Michael J. Fox um, still claims that everyone shouts McFly at him in the street and he said the most bizarre one is when he was filming a documentary in Bhutan. And um, a group of Buddhist monks walked past him and shouted McFly at him. Cute. Oh my god. He, he claims it. I don't know Aww. if it's like a, a bit nice apocryphal. though. To I, be... I like to believe it's true. Yeah, me too. There's, to there's fair, more magic in the world that way. I think the only other thing that Michael J. Fox is even like remotely famous for is whatever that film is called that Team Wolf was loosely based on. Team Wolf. Is it, is it it's, just called it's, it's also called yeah. Oh, there we go then. <laughs> I've never seen it, so I don't know. <laughs> you haven't seen a movie? No, but I have watched every season of Teen Wolf. Yes. <laughs> Teen Wolf, the, the movie is quite good. Teen Wolf, the show mm. is great, apart from the last oh, two seasons. It's it, trash, but it's great. He, yeah. he um, uses his wolf teeth to break open a beer can and shotgun it. Mm. Um, exactly what I would he do. He also becomes really good at basketball with um, his wolf jumping powers. If you like werewolf trivia facts, we are on a podcast where we do play werewolves. Great segue. Thank you. How's segue spelled, um? We can swear on this podcast so I can tell you to fuck off. Wow. This is a family show. It's not a family show. <laughs> um, so yeah, Michael J. Fox um, both gets called McFly by Buddhist monks and is in a show that Team Wolf is based off. Is in a film that Team Wolf, the show is based off, also called Team Wolf. Who'd have thought? So this one was a immense commercial success yeah. I, I thought it would be because you don't like permeate pop culture as as severely as this film has without being popular mm. and successful yeah. but it, it was I disagree but go on okay um, it was about a 400 million box office on a 19 million budget that is so crazy it's a tiny budget so it's a huge yeah. uh, box office return 
Um, which I, I guess they kept down the budget because none of the actors were hugely famous at the time. It was mm. a breakout for a lot of them, and they used a lot of miniatures for the special effects. Yeah, also speaking from a tech perspective, it's set in maybe five locations. Yeah. You yeah. use maybe five actors and a bunch of extras with, like, what, two costume changes mm. for the cast? All the props... One of the reasons why I think it's so great is all the props look very handmade. Yeah, and they work out it out so well because, mm. like you say, very closed kind of few locations. Yeah. And that specifically because it's time travel, they can use the same set and just dress it differently. Exactly. To, for a completely yeah. different With scene. one um, extra or less pointry. Exactly, yeah. Like yeah. <laughs> Which is also cool. It's a fun way to yeah. show the passage of time. Uh, I, I remember a... Um, uh, re- reading a story about a D&D group where they did a uh, 500 years ago in the same city and at mm. the end of the session one of the players goes, wow, I wonder what happened to the mountain. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, mm. well. Uh, but yeah, back to the future. Uh, good box office success. Mm. And Anne thinks I'm wrong about commercial success, but I do. I think fine. stuff like Rocky Horror, which was not successful at all, still hugely permeates pop culture. Yeah, less so than... Yeah. Like, Back to the Future... I'm, I think it's a similar level to like Ghostbusters. Yeah, like you, you wouldn't the, call Back to the Future a, a, a cult film, but you might for Rocky no, Horror. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Which is and the perfect movie. Also, Rocky Horror was very much post like release. Yeah. It was it was a subsequent mm. following rather than an immediate smash. Yeah, but interestingly, it comes from the same place as Back to the Future, which is 80s nostalgia for yeah. the 50s. Yeah. Yes. That, 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 that is interesting, isn't it? Every 40 years, baby, it cycles yeah. around. And that's why we all love Back to the Future so much now. <laughs> uh, so Back to the Future, obviously, financial success. They made three films. And yeah. it is actually a... <laughs> one good one. It's a... <laughs> Excuse you! I, th- I was about to say, I think it's a testament... Two good ones. <laughs> ...to the films that you a lot of people can argue, you know, their favourite... Or the order is mm. not like... The, the first one's great and then the other two are rubbish, which yeah. I know is what I'm thinking. Well, it's not true. I like the second one and the third one for different reasons. Yeah. So so all, all the films have different things to like and they all feel very different while still being part of the extended canon. This is the only one on the top 100, but... Well, that's to be expected. Chloe's seen about 10 films. And... Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, but they should all be on there, obviously. Except maybe three. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. When I say the phrase time train... It doesn't. It evokes cool. a lot of joy. It was actually this one. This is actually thirty-one on the top one hundred, so it's quite high mm. up. Interesting. I think it might be one of the highest. I think it might be the highest. I we've think seen it is so the far. highest one we've seen so far. Crazy. Um, I mean, I think it's good. Okay. I don't think it's like the thirtieth best film ever. I don't think it's better than uh, Casablanca or um, Citizen Kane or Alien. Yeah. Sorry, Glenn. I have not seen any of these films, so I can't comment. Yeah, you haven't seen Alien. <laughs> I've never seen Alien. You'd like it. Oh I, I'm sure I would. I like. I, I understand someone not having seen like Casablanca, but you love sci-fi stuff. I do. I also have not seen a lot of classic sci-fi. This is not a bullying Chloe episode. <laughs> no, it's a bullying Am. How do you spell segue? Oh my gosh, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> um, Yes, so uh, more Back to the Future stuff. Um, they made a musical fairly recently. Oh my god, it's so good. Now I we f- tilt the mic over to close. <laughs> I, I feel like the musical yes. was so quite the musical, recent. The musical's been in the works for about 10 years. Um, and, and But it only actually got 
properly performed, I think, what, two years ago? Post-Covid. Post-Covid, yeah. And it it, it began in Manchester and then they they had a tour and they've come to London. Oh, it's UK originated. Yeah, it's a UK UK production, but it's made with um, Bob Gale and Alan Silvestri had a really big influence Mm. in it, Mm -hmm. which is why, like, I was, well, I went to see it and I was amazed by it because compared to there's a lot of musical adaptations of films like yeah. it's the done thing these days um but usually they're like a little bit different they mm. don't use the same visuals you know because those things are copyrighted and yeah, they can't, yeah. you know but because this is made literally by the makers of the film it's so like specific to the film like the actors literally are literally doing impressions and very good impressions of the actors in the film that's kind which, of a slay like, yeah which like you'd think would make it bad but it makes it um, really really good and the biggest thing that they did with the musical that i think is really impressive is that instead of like blow by blow during mm. the film and cutting things out because musicals take a lot like you know you can't fit as much in a musical that you can in the film mm. um they took anything that wouldn't make sense on a stage and they just and they rewrote it. That's great. So like basically and that basically means that anything that involves a vehicle that's not the DeLorean is not there and <laughs> they've redone something that makes more sense. Mm. Um so it all works out. And I I well, I, I don't usually buy a programme, but I bought a programme because I was yeah. like, it's nice the future. And I was okay. reading it and in it there were like there were the creators that were talking about it's been such a long time in development because mm. they wanted to get it true to the film, that's they wanted great. to get it right and for it to work well on the stage as yeah. well. But yes, I would highly recommend it if anybody does get to see it. It was very, very good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think the thing that's really like resonating and is coming up again and again every time we kind of talk about this movie is the fact that all of us saw it presumably at quite a young age. Mm. And that is why in the second half, I am going to talk a lot about nostalgia theory. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but well, yeah, I mean, it, like, it's my favourite film, probably because it's my mum's favourite film. Yeah. Just out of curiosity, mm-hmm. like, do you guys remember the first time you watched this movie? Because I was, no. like, 12 years old, I think. I think I, I was quite young, and I don't think I liked it the first time yeah. I saw it, actually. This film was basically constantly on through my childhood, <laughs> so I don't know. Because <laughs> uh, I, I think I watched it... Yeah, I think I watched it and I thought the effects looked bad, which... <laughs> This is before I, I developed, like, the nuance. Self-awareness. The, well, we're still working on self-awareness. No, this is before I, I developed, like, the nuance and stand that it was a film in the 80s, so they had... Yeah. yeah. And actually, it did win an Oscar for Best Effects. Yeah, so I was say, the effects yeah. are very good for the time. So it won an Oscar for Best Effects. It was nominated for Best Writing, mm. Best Original Song for Power of Love by Huey Lewis in the News. I love that song. That's one of song. our songs. Yeah, it is. Um, and also nominated for Best Sound Editing, mm. but it won mm. for uh, Best Effects, which sound, I think is fair. Yeah. The effects yeah, are pretty good. The effects are really good. The sound editing is one I will be keeping my little ears open for. Mm. Uh, yes, when, <laughs> when you edit this lovely podcast, you can, you can compare yeah. it. To all the animal sounds you guys will be hearing in the background. <laughs> that's because um, that's we're currently looking after Am's parents' um, dogs, and they make background dog noises fairly frequently. They just dog all around. How very inconsiderate of them. Right. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> Chloe, then, do you want to give us a very brief couple of headline plot? Yeah. So, Back to the Future is so named because our protagonist, Marty McFly, accidentally mm-hmm. 
uh, goes into a past with a time machine made by his friend slash uncle slash godparent. Nobody really knows. It's before child Doc. protection was yes. a thing, so just... kids being friends with old people was fine. Yeah, he just has a friend that's like a mad scientist, and he made a time machine, and he accidentally goes back in time, interferes with his parents' meeting, and thus uh, uh, has to fix that before he goes back to the future. But he can only go back to the future at a specific time, so there's a countdown. There's a time countdown. Yes. Um, yeah. <laughs> what do we think all of our takeaways are going to be? I think I'm going to be like, that's a better movie than I remember. I, I think I'll probably be pretty much along the same. I, I'm, I'm excited to look at the effects and see if like 12-year-old Will was just being harsh or not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, jo- join us next time. But first of all, we've got some things to talk about. Mm-hmm. Lovely, lovely, sweet segue by Will, as per usual. <laughs> uh, if you're going to have a classic movie snack with this film, what do you have? I'm going to have ice cream mochi. Oh, is that a classic movie snack? That's just because you bought it in the shop. <laughs> you have a very Western-centric mind, Will. Ice right. cream emoji is, I believe, a Western invention, though? I've got no idea. Uh, Chloe? Classic I, cinema now, food. I know you don't go to the cinema. I knew that this ever. question was coming, but I did not think about it. I don't know. Uh, okay, Rogue, but my brain went straight to pretzels. Mm, nice. Like a big, like a big soft pretzel? No, no, no like, like, a, little, like little, little salty mm, ones. Yeah. That, yeah. that sounds crunch, crunch. great. Mm. Um, for me, and for our American listeners, of which there are several, um, Hi, Nate. things like actual Ben & Jerry's restaurants and like Baskin Robbins restaurants, you do not get in... I did Robbins see one in Edinburgh. Once. If, if, I may, if I may finish. Um, <laughs> people talking over me. Um, you don't get them that frequently in the UK. One of the places you do quite often get both Baskin Robbins and like Ben and Jerry's outlets or whatever is at big cinemas like Cineworlds with you, or Odeon's, um, not sponsored. Non-spun. By either Baskin Robbins or, uh, or Odeon. Although we are listening. Other cinema chains and ice creams are available. We like, are open to all negotiations. Um, okay, go on, go on then, because I've been name-dropping big cinema chains. Um, shout out a local cinema you like. Lewis Depot, I love you. You're forever in my heart. I remember volunteering for a summer when I was 15, and it changed my life and made me care about movies. And there's probably another one in your mind as well. Oh, yes, the Worthing Dome. I also, that's where I live right now, to mm-hmm. dox myself. Um, I'm moving soon. Also, no one listening to the show doesn't already <laughs> know you personally. Um, we bought posters from there in the poster cell the other day. We, we did, we got really some fun. cool posters. Yeah, um, and for me, I'll shout out um, number six cinema in Portsmouth. It's a fun independent cinema Slay. in old, like uh, in an old concrete boathouse. It's got this huge, cool screen. They do like classic films. They do a young projectionist society where like teenagers get put on films. That's cool. It's very cute. Chloe, I know you I will not shout out anyone because there are there's one independent cinema near me and I used to work for them and they don't deserve it. Yeah, it's true, guys. <laughs> okay, but back to what I was talking about is that you can't really get like Baskin Robbins and stuff anywhere else in the UK yeah. that easily, except in cinema foyers. So my cinema snack is going to be one of those unholy creations mm, where oh. they're like, here's a birthday cake ice cream mm. and a mint bubblegum ice cream, and we just mash them together and put caramel sauce on top. Beautiful. And it will give you diabetes, probably. Can I do a question before we wrap up? Yes. I've got another question, anyway. Do you want to do yours first? Uh, no, go, go ahead Go ahead and you talk first, Dan, because <laughs> okay. you seem to be so keen on doing that. Um, It's Pride Month! Yay. Is, is that a question? Uh, no, my question is, as members of the LGBTQ plus community, how would, how would we suit 
um back to the future for pride month does it fit can we change things to make it more fun i think it's perfect it's as is very heterosexual yeah. <laughs> and it, it's very much about biological sex yeah. as well which yeah like i'm i'm trying to think if there are even any two like age appropriate characters that you could put together mm. but there's not um, really it would think... be hilarious if George McFly was bi and he was the one who had a crush on That's Marty cute. instead that of his mum. so good! I also am convinced that much like Ferris Bueller's girlfriend, Marty McFly's girlfriend does have that bisexual riz. Mm, I agree. Thank you. You have no riz. You're that... bisexual, you have no riz. They changed the actress for her though. They do! In the, f- in the second film, it's someone completely different. She's way... She's really pretty. But yeah, they're both very yeah. pretty, but they also look very similar, so like... Child me did not realise this until anyway. like a few years ago when my mum told me and I was like, what? You're no better than a man, Chloe. Pardon? You're no better than a man. I'm not. No. <laughs> anyway, my suggestion is by George McFly. Yeah, Will's is the funny. best idea. That I rally behind idea. that. Just get a recording of that and you can play it all the time. <laughs> Correct. Silence on set, please. Will's is the best idea and he was so right. Just You can just take that little clip and just play it all the time the, when I'm right all the time on a day-to-day basis. <laughs> To be fair, you could read Doc as asexual. Yeah. yeah. He has literally no interest in anyone ever, but also I... there's no other like age-appropriate characters for him. Yeah. Oh no, but there's Clara. Why did I forget about Clara? I was going to say... <laughs> there's like five named characters and you forgot one of them. Yeah. Um, um, but that's not till the third film anyway. Yeah. So, so my last question is, if you're going to do a themed dinner to go with this film, what would you do? I think you kind of got to do like a mm. classic 50s like diner mm. with like 50s stuff like a meatloaf and like yeah. a, a classic chocolate milkshake and like a fries. metal. Yeah. Butter and fries. Yeah. yeah. I think I misunderstood the question because my brain went straight to how can I reinterpret the murder mystery dinner? That's great. <laughs> you could also do that. <laughs> we were talking yeah. about food. Yeah, I realised that and I was like, oh. Yeah. The- <laughs> you could also... At the opposite end of Will's pitch, you could do some, like, weird gastro stuff mm. and do, like, I don't know, um, uh, oh, deconstructed versions of food to play with the time theme. Like liquid nitrogen. I, I am also convinced that someone at some point in history has made, like, a DeLorean cake or oh, definitely. something like that. Delicious. Mm. I'm, I'm actually going to look that up now. Um, you will find it in the show notes. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, so let's many people. Then. Okay. So many. Look, that's cute. You don't. E- this is great <laughs> visual elements for a podcast. Will I'm sure our four <laughs> listeners are devastated. <laughs> so uh, we've got to go back uh, to the future. No, just back. Oh. Back to the past, and then <laughs> back again, again to the future. Yeah. Just like the movie. Yeah, it just like the movie. Um, we're going to go back in the narrative of the movie thirty years in real life, like. 70 years almost to 1955. Mm. Also, uh, I do remember actually one last thing um, when we passed 2015, a load of people being like, Where are our hoverboards? We were told there'd be hoverboards. There are, they exist. Yeah, they're just. They're very impractical. They're just impractical, <laughs> yeah, go figure. <laughs> the same thing when we passed uh, we passed the Blade Runner canon date pretty recently. Yes, as that well. was 2019. I yeah. hate science fiction nerds. You love me so much. <laughs> but anyway, we, we gotta go back. Not to the future. Back to the past and then forward to the future. Back to the streaming service. Uh, yes, hashtag not spawn. Hashtag not spawn. Okay, see you soon. Bye. That's the sound of the car going to 88 miles an hour. Yes. We have uh, just 
strength of the flux capacitor. <laughs> and uh, we're going to take you back to last night when we just finished watching um, Back to the Future, the first one. Skirt. Thank you. Chloe, <laughs> did, what's, your, what's your Back to the Future little pithy segue? Uh, I did not prepare one. <laughs> <laughs> so. I'll think of one later and I'll edit it back in. Yeah. I'm you sure. don't even do the editing. Yeah, I'll do it anyway. You can take it for a second. You don't even go there. So, did everyone enjoy the movie? I did. I did. It's really good. And mm-hmm. that hot take, right? I enjoyed it more than I thought I would, for sure. Good. Solid three stars, I think. Three and a half. Three and a half. Yeah. Oh, that's really harsh. You give everything. Everything. So, Am doesn't do two and a half stars as average. Am does like three and a half stars as average. I do three stars as average. I think it's three and a half, but I also like don't watch a lot of bad movies. Mm. I always, whenever you say about, uh, I'll give it three stars, I always forget that it's not out of ten. And yeah. I'm just like, what? But you said you liked it. No. I would say seven and a half out of ten. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, I think it's ten out of ten, but that's yeah. <laughs> um, that is because of nostalgia. Yeah. Which is what we're going to talk about this episode. Um, has a, a theory, a nostalgia theory. I don't mm-hmm. have a theory. The film academic community has a general cultural anthropologist. A, a more variable group of academics the world has never known. <laughs> um, essentially, I'm sure you guys have heard of the cycle of nostalgia. It's basically that we kind of repeat and look fondly back on culture that is kind of 40 to 30 years old. Yes. Um, so in now that's kind of like, it was the 80s for a while. We are kind of slowly progressing towards 90s nostalgia. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the 80s, that was the 50s. You had movies like Grease that were entirely based on 50s nostalgia. Mm-hmm. Based on what? 50s nostalgia. Right, thank you. <laughs> um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you just look at all of the pop culture things recently that were called back to the 80s. I mean, Stranger Things, obviously the big example. Mm. Like, one of the most successful popular musicians is The Weeknd, who has very 80s-inspired music. He goes by synth. Abel now. Does he? Yeah, yeah I was going to say it's well, different, well, isn't it? Well, yeah, you, you, you know what I mean. Yeah. The I mean... still stands, <laughs> damn it. I also think... Um, that there, I wouldn't say that's so true about now in the 80s, but kind of having mm-hmm. that uh, zoom out, zoomed out perspective on the 50s and yes. the 80s, both of them, especially in American culture, were kind... I'm waiting for Dr. Clamel chair. Both of these eras in American culture were kind of defined by prosperity, excess, and brands, yeah. and capitalism. Like the, they are kind of like the hallmarks of the success of capitalism mm. in American culture. Um, and boy, oh boy, you can see the brands for miles <laughs> in this. I've made a note of a few that are not only in the narrative, but relevant to the story that they are telling, mm. uh, which is Diet Pepsi, JCPenney, DeLorean, Calvin Klein, Tab. Yeah, yep. the really obvious ones, yeah. I mean, Pepsi is shown twice mm. by Marty drinking it, and then when he um, goes back to the past he he asked for a a pepsi free and the guy's like you can't have free pepsi (laughs) very sensible chuckle moment yeah right um so yeah i think the not only do we kind of have that cycle of nostalgia but in some aspects of culture they were very very similar Mm. um even the scene from the barn crash 
uh, resemble like when Marty goes back into the past and crashes into a barn. Um, a child compares it to a comic book from like 50s sci-fi culture of an alien mm. coming out. So even the iconography in the film is like marketable 50s media that is referenced. Um, yeah, so I think uh, it's really interesting that a defining trait of this movie is capitalism. It's a very pro-capitalism movie. Oh, definitely. Um, yet, I one thing I noted is that Doc is anti-capitalist. Yeah. Um, he doesn't want to create his invention for profit. He um, actively steals plutonium from terrorists who yeah. have already stolen it. <laughs> he rejects the wealth of his family by wittering it away on the progress of science, not yeah. necessarily for the good of humankind, but just because for, he can. Yeah, not for financial profit at all. And I think that's really interesting because this movie definitely pats itself on the back for mm. the social references mm. and um, it kind of has the trappings of an anti-racist movie mm. um, in that, you know, it's there's a black mayor who, when they go back in the 50s, he's like, I'm going to be mayor one day. And his boss is like, a black man being mayor, which I'm paraphrasing, that's not the word he uses. Um, yeah. And the uh, black swing band at the prom in the 50s are the allies to Marty. Yes. Um, but... They, it is, they are, it's done in, in. It's implied that they're like very much more intimidating than the people that they're up against. Yeah. And they like immediately get scared off. You know? It's uh, set dressing that I think the movie congratulates itself for, but I don't think is done in a super meaningful way. It's yeah. very surface level. Yes. Um, but like, that's kind of the point because it's supposed yeah, to be absolutely. the exact same place and the exact same thing, but just like that uncanny valley of it being slightly yeah. different. Absolutely. And uh, sort of considering that, that capitalist narrative, I'm not going to have this argument again. <laughs> um, the like best timeline for the McFlies is financial success, George being yes. financially successful and having Biff working for, like providing yeah. him services, mm. you know. Absolutely. Due, to, due to his financial and um, you know, social success due to that. So it's got a really yeah. strong catalyst message. It's implied that because they are good people, they move from lower middle class to upper middle class. Yeah, mm. basically. Which, to be fair, I understand from the perspective of a teenage boy. Yeah. Um, in the 80s. There's also, it also implicitly has the, like, pull yourself up by your bootstraps narrative. Because yes. the only thing that changes for George is that he's given more confidence. Yeah. yeah. That's the only thing that, that changes. He, he gets one over on Biff and that, like, and, spirals And the that's uh, that's energy. enough for him to change the generational wealth disparity in the yeah. US. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah. His parents are also more attractive in the future. Yeah. Which is weird. When they're richer, yeah. Yeah. Well, I think because there's that very there's like like subplot of like his mum having cr- troubles with alcohol, and then it's implied yeah. that she just doesn't because everything's better now, yeah. you know, yeah. things like Absolutely. that. <laughs> his mum's like drinking neat vodka on a Friday yeah. night in yeah. the uh, in the original timeline. Whilst I do think that obviously that is kind of a silly parable to tell, it is definitely worth pointing out that when you have more money, you do have less problems. Yeah, yeah, of, of, of course. Um, I, I was more commenting on it as it's a really good encapsulation. Oh, like, yeah. The, I guess the the um, the underpinning like thesis of a lot of the film. Greed is good. Individualism is king. What's that from? <laughs> uh, oh god. It's a film. Um, it's not American Psycho. No, you you. It's, it's like that kind of. It's Wall Street. That's it's, the one. Uh, Michael Douglas is Gordon Gecko. Yeah. A character who hated playing and hates when people reference to him. ABC. 
Always that's, be closing. That's a different film. But it's also about 80s finance and... That's uh, Glengarry Glam Ross. Yeah. It's also a great film. But we're not talking about those things. We're talking <laughs> about Back to the Future. Another thing we all noticed was um, how good the ageing and de-ageing makeup was, mm. considering they used the same actors, um, like Crispin Glover for George McFly. Yeah. And obviously Christopher Lloyd is um, mm. uh, is Doc Brown. The like the way that they make them look thirty years younger or older is really well done. Yeah, and looks kind of realistic. I think that's the difference between like um, when films would have majority like practical effects. Yeah, that they had to make them really good, and and they're 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 gonna be better. Whereas nowadays we get everything that's CGI, and you you just as realistic as they can look, you can look at it and you just go, something's really off here. Yeah, you're on Candy Valley. Whereas, like, me watching this as a child and not even having the, like, yeah. connection of, oh, that's makeup, didn't even know that was makeup. You know, yeah. you just watch it and you're like, that's a normal person. Yeah. It's that good. Yeah, um, and I think it definitely makes me feel really sad about the trend of digital de-aging yeah. that we've seen. Um, Star Wars is obviously a really big mm. example of it with... Um, well, Carrie Fisher, yeah, and um, Mark Hamill, uh, yeah, the Mark Hamill, and they also digitally de-aged um, Peter Cushing, who yes. plays Grand Moff Tarkin. Um, also, like the Irishman, when they did mm. digital de-aging on Robert De Niro, when it is possible with the, the skill and the practical application, it, it just feels like a bit of a, a lost art. Almost. Yeah, I also think if we, even if we're not relying as heavily on practical effects, these are great chances to give younger actors who haven't had their big breaks yet kind mm. of like a chance to do bit parts and learn yeah. and, and kind of show off their talent. Instead, we're kind of relying on what we know and what uh, studios feel confident putting money behind, much mm. like franchising. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, references and, um, you know, remakes of, of older movies, mm. which is, again, what we're seeing a lot now, which isn't really how success in the arts works, but, you know... <laughs> Potato, potato. Mm. Um, fun movie. Capitalism bad. Yes. That's <laughs> the takeaway here. The music was great. The sound mm. editing, um, I think, kind of, I, I imagine the clip they would have submitted as the opening scene with, with all those clocks. Yes. That's because that's brilliant. Like, uh, like I think I read a comment when we were watching it, but it's it's so much silence in inverted commas, yeah. i.e. no music or anyone talking for so long and yet it doesn't feel like it goes on yeah. or it goes boring or whatever. I do understand why this is one of the movies that we were shown kind of early in my education in film studies mm. because there is a lot of like symbology and um, like visual references and yes. motifs that come and go back that are not, they're not heavy handed but they are easy to pick up on mm. and if you're kind of starting your journey into film analysis it's a good place to start it's yeah. a really good place to start yeah it does the kind of like doctor who thing of being like this thing will be relevant later yeah um, yes. except it's like really obvious <laughs> i will say it's a little anecdotey but when i told my dad i wanted to uh, study film at university he basically sat me down and showed me a bunch of 80s movies that were really influential to him growing up and nice. this was one of the only ones off the bat i really enjoyed <laughs> quite a lot of them i didn't like that much Fair. but this one i really really enjoyed Hmm. And I say it that way. It's a really good film. I think it's paced really well. Despite being two hours, it doesn't feel like it's two hours yeah. long. Um, funny, kind of very fresh. I think, I don't think there's a part, even because the, the sequels aren't as good, in my opinion, <laughs> I think that there's not a lot like it out there. Yeah. 
it's I think it's it's an unusual in that it's so heavily so heavily sci-fi but also so heavily a comedy mm. especially in the 80s it's, yeah those two things didn't tend to cross over so much they do in, yeah it's not the only example Space balls. yeah <laughs> um but yeah I think that's one of the things that makes it quite unique yeah I think something that a lot of studio execs don't understand is that uh, fantasy and sci-fi are set dressing not necessarily genre yes. yeah, yeah. Exactly. I mean, the most famous sci-fi film of all time, which is Star Wars, is a Western. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> That's what they teach you on day one yeah. of film school. I mean, we all love, like, Dungeons & Dragons, right? And, yeah. Um, Dungeons & Dragons, you can use the core system and just put it in any mm. setting. Yeah, it's just, really like. It's yeah. just, yeah, it's just set dressing, but you tell the same story. Exactly. Before. It's the same thing with films. Mm. Cinema. Cinema. <laughs> any other thoughts, comments? Um, I don't think so. I think... My, I am going to, I know we're going to talk about this later, I'm going to go tentatively dip my foot out into the pool and say I think 31 is a little high. Sorry, Chloe. Sorry, Chloe. <laughs> um, I think it's good. Will, so Will and my criteria for, we have slightly different criteria for the mm. IMDb Top 100. My kind of categories are, it has to have done something that no film has ever done before. Mm. It has to be like, technically perfect hmm. or as close as it can get to perfect and my thing which will doesn't agree with but i don't think you can make objective judgment on cinema is i have to find emotional resonance in it and be like emotionally affected by the story yeah i think it scores very high in doing something like new and fresh i think it is very close to being technically perfect mm -hmm. um and i wasn't that emotionally invested in it and mm. i think that's kind of like for me i would i would definitely put this in the top 100 i would put it in like the i would like 45 to 40 i think mm. is where i would rank it oh we have a special guest <laughs> i was picking me up she was eating will's bought the cat she can eat oh i was just making background noise oh okay, okay. yeah that's fine <laughs> I'm just interested in audio perfection. <laughs> no, similarly, I agree. I think this film definitely deserves a spot in the top 100. Yeah. I don't think it's the 30th best film of all time. Yeah. Or most mm. deserving. Chloe, I, I, I know Chloe just... Chloe I mean, doesn't think it's the 30th best movie I, of all time. Well, she thinks it's the best movie of all I time. I think it's the best movie of all time. But, yeah. that, but I'm also like... It's like the difference between I'm gonna make I'm gonna reference Doctor Who again because I've only seen like three things and they all involve time travel. Per person who's only seen Doctor <laughs> Who, a lot of Doctor Who vibes from. But that. like, um, it's the difference between in my mind, Matt Smith is my favorite Doctor, yeah. but David Tennant is the best Doctor. Yeah, you know? I feel that. So like, this is my favorite film, and I think it's the best film because I love it. Yeah. It I'm I don't think it's the best film in the world. Yeah. You know, I don't have a film that I'm like, this is the best film in the world, but... Because you've just seen ten movies. I, exactly. Yeah. You know. Um, but I, I, I understand the emotional resonance thing, but I also don't think there's an awful lot there to emotionally resonate with. I totally, I totally agree. Yeah, it's quite... Um, it's, a very, it's a very specific, like, um, pe like journey of peril that nobody in yeah. the real world is ever going to go through. I think and, if I was a know. teenage boy, I would be all over it with this yeah. movie. Um, so I guess my thing is that because, um, like you were saying, it's very nostalgic for 50s movies and it plays a lot of uh, homage to 50s mm. B-movies in particular, yeah. Yeah. which is something you see again and again with, um, like, young... The... Um, the kid in the bar um whose family owned the barn which marty crackers in yeah. so it's got like the b movie style yeah. um sci-fi comic book George, George McFly. yeah that sort of thing it it 
it references these classic 50s movies which deliberately were kind of schlocky and don't have high emotional stakes mm. and that is something mm. that in this aspect means that the film itself doesn't really have super high emotional stakes because it's it's quite far-fetched there mm. was I, yeah well, also the stakes are, are quite like lo- logical I guess yeah it's like I have to do this thing because if not, I can't get home. It's, yeah. And he, he doesn't, it's, there is a bit of like, oh, I, like, you know, he wants to get back to his life, he wants yeah. to get back to his girlfriend or whatever. So there's a little bit there, but they don't really, he doesn't really talk about it. They don't really go into it. Yeah. It's mostly just the practical aspects of how we're going to do this thing. Absolutely. I know? think this movie is a lot like Marty McFly himself. Mm. Very fun, very, very uh, cute to look at. Not a lot going on behind the eyes. Absolutely. Marty's super stupid. There's so many points in the movie where he has like a good idea and executes it so badly. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. So uh, do you have your questions for the end of the... Yeah, I was just going to say, is this your favourite time travel movie? Or movie with time travel as an expert? I'm forgotten every time travel movie. Yeah, I'm just like mentally Rolodexing every movie with time travel in it. I don't know. What what other movies have time? Well, no, mm. I like Bill and Ted more. Oh, Bill and Ted is great though. Yeah, it's excellent. It is excellent. <laughs> Mine is probably Interstellar if you count Interstellar. <laughs> that's not, it's a that's good time dilation. It's well. great. <laughs> it, it's very on brand that we're our were Interstellar and I don't know Bill I know, and Ted. I know, I, I know it's time dilation. You know what I mean? Time travel. You know what I that mean? That happens in real life. <laughs> Um, so does time travel we're all travelling through time right now uh, just in one direction someone come and save me from both of these (laughs) so my questions are we've done that one Uh, you get to have lunch with one person from this film's cast or crew who do you pick you get to go first oh don't make me go first there's too many options (laughs) and we all have to pick a different one yeah that's the rule I just feel like I'd pick Christopher Lloyd. I feel like he's fun. Yeah. You, you two have mad scientists vibes as well. <laughs> You'd vibe. Um, Robert Zemeckis. Really? Yeah. Interesting. And you'd be like, okay, I know people might want to talk about Forrest Gump Back to the Future. I'm going to talk to you for three hours about where, like, um, who framed Roger Rabbit. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I, I could have picked Michael J. Fox. He just yeah. seems really nice. Mm. Oh, yeah, he that's, does. That's my main thing is... Like, it wouldn't be one of those things where, like, we finish the start and I'm like, oh my god, I need to get out of here. Mm. I can have a three-course lunch with Michael J. Fox, <laughs> and I feel like it, it would be very chill, is, is the impression that I've got. What are you looking up? Just checking he's not the person I'm thinking of. N- no, and you're no, thinking what? of um, Matthew Broderick. I am thinking of Matthew Broderick. That's fine then, never mind. Uh, when we talked about that when we did the Lion King. <laughs> we, we, we'll move on swiftly. Uh, um... And every character in this film except one is replaced by a Muppet who is the non-Muppet character in the vein of Muppet's Treasure Island or um I think there's Muppet two Christmas potential Carol. answers. It's hard because they're so I, caricature-like. Yeah, I think Doc Brown has to be a Muppet. Yes. He's so caricatured already. Mm. I think the obvious answer is Marty is mm. human and everyone else is Muppets because that makes it especially funny when he yeah. does the time travel and it's all the same and it's all like Muppet size. Yeah, yeah. And it's the same Muppets, just like in 50 clothing yeah. instead. What if you went back in time and everyone was human in the 80s and Muppet <laughs> in the 50s? That's great. Um, Do you know who the second person? Biff? Yeah. I was thinking Biff. If Biff was human and everyone... The thing is, is these movies never work. The main character has to be... The point of view character has to be human for these movies yeah. to work. Yes. So it's it kind funny. of has to be Marty. It's just funny to think about. And I'll tell you, did, yeah. did we have one where someone wasn't a Muppet? 
Uh, I think we did. Mm. Oh, yeah. um, a- a- Amadeus. Yeah. Oh, no, like Amadeus. Salieri and Mozart have to they be both, human. They both have to be human and everyone else's Muppets, yeah. which is great. It fits. But yeah, I feel like it, like every character, even Marty and Back to the Future, is such a caricature of themselves. Yeah. That they would they would work with them all being Muppets. I just think it would be very funny of uh, Marty crying over Doc potentially getting shot and he's holding <laughs> yeah, a little Muppet body. That would be really that good. Who, who would play Doc? Um... Oh, Gonzo? I I think Gonzo would be a good shot. I think maybe Kermit. Oh, um, he's a bit too everywhere. I guess he Doc. would be. I guess he'd be George. Yeah. Oh, Kermit's got to be George because yeah. he's got and, the gangly limbs. Yeah. <laughs> and that means um, the thing is, you could do Bunsen and Beaker. They're the scientists. Mm. Mm. Um, is it? Oh, I've forgotten what Marcy's mum's called. So she would be Lorraine, Miss Piggy. Lorraine would be Miss Piggy, hundred oh, percent. Yeah, so that makes She's sense. She's like the only female yeah. character. <laughs> who would be Biff then? Who's probably Sam the Eagle. Yeah, maybe. Mm. Yeah, mm. maybe Sweetums. Yeah. She's the really, really big one with like the fangs. Who's like yeah. human-sized? Count one count. Hmm. I'm winding you up. Oh, not count no. one count. One movie podcast. Ah, uh, 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 uh. uh. <laughs> um, the count one count is a vampire. A, well, yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> Uh, he's good. I like Cameron Cowell. Yeah. He would. He could be Doc Brown. No. Van, oh, Big like... Bird! Big Bird's... Big Bird. That's Sesame Street. They're Muppets. They're still separate though, right? They're all under the Jim Henson company. Cameron goes to Sesame goes to Sesame Street all the time. Fair. The... But Big Bird, Big Bird and Sesame Street are not generally in Muppets Yeah, movies. very true. A- a- MCU, Muppets in a Muppets. Oh, and on that Someone call me about it. Banger of a last line. We're going to yeah. end. Um, I don't have the thing of names in front of me. Okay, on that absolute banger of a, of a closing joke by me. Good job, Will. <laughs> um, you know the move like Obama giving himself a medal. That's that's where I'm going. It's you at all times. Yeah, it's called it's called confidence. You should try it sometime. <laughs> um, Chloe, pick a number from one to one hundred. Sixty-two. Okay, I'm gonna invert it. So we're gonna go to number thirty-eight on the list. Gladiator. <gasps> yeah, yeah. I love this In movie. Classic Chloe fashion. I've never seen this film, but I have listened to the soundtrack. Multiple Summer times. blockbuster. <laughs> I love this movie. Okay, join us next time when we go back to the future. When we go back a bit further, yeah. we go back like two thousand years <laughs> rather than thirty years. Um, and we'll be glad to see those yeses. <laughs> Chloe, where can people find you if they like your lovely voice? Yes, you can find me all over the internet at Chloe underscore with the flow. Um, I stream on Twitch. I do a bunch of podcasts, mostly with these guys and Am in particular. Yay! You can find me on Deck of Many Aces with Am. You can find us all on a rendezvous with Destiny. Um, and yeah, I write music. That's all the things, I think. <laughs> go yeah. check him out go check him out she's great um, you know where you can find Ammonites in the show notes if you're listening if you listened this long you, you've heard it all a million times from us anyway yeah also shout out to Nate who is the voice in our musical intro shout out to Ariel who's on a podcast with Chloe and I who did the cover art mm-hmm. for this um, and shout out to all of you guys for listening mm-hmm.